Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of IB 101. I'm Olivia. And I'm Mimi. All right, so today we are going to be talking about some of the requirements for the IB program, specifically the DP, but we will also be talking about the CP um, just to give y'all a full range of what you can come to expect to be enrolled in IB level courses and to complete IB level work. Right. So what we're going to do for this episode is break down each component of the IB diploma program and then kind of discuss our own experiences about them, thoughts and opinions, um, insights with you guys just to let you know. So we are referencing a Wikipedia page about the IB program. Um, so here are the core requirements and subject groups. So to be an awarded an IB diploma, you have to fulfill three core requirements in addition to passing your subject exams. So one of the main big things that is stressed in the IB diploma program is the extended essay, better known as the EE. As you'll come to find, IB is very famous for its little acronyms and abbreviations. <laughs> Um, so the extended essay is where you write an independent, independent research essay up to 4,000 words from a list of approved EE subjects. You may choose to investigate a topic within a subject that you are studying, although it's not required, and you have to write the EE on an interdisciplinary topic. So, Olivia. Yes. When you were writing your EE, what was your thoughts initial starting point? Well, the topic that I wrote my EE about, um, and I went through many drafts of this to get me to this point, but my topic was comparing the protagonists of two well-known pieces of literature, Jean Valjean from Les Miserables and Maggie from Maggie, A Girl of the Streets, um, in regards to how the authors use these protagonists as the vessels for their own philosophical beliefs, specifically altruism versus um, self interest theory right so when you were starting that what was your biggest challenge like was it finding a topic oh the biggest challenge was probably um maintaining the work that I was doing on this project because I would I would do I would have a good weekend and I would work on it a lot and then I would not touch it for three months and that's actually not how you're supposed to be completing IB level uh coursework funnily enough um, but the, the project itself, the work itself, I found so engaging. Like I thought it was, it was so cool because I, it was connecting literature. It was connecting Les Miserables, a book that I love with a book, a novella that I had never read before, Maggie, a girl of the streets. And I found a lot of like interesting contrast between them that I immediately while reading them, I was like, oh, okay, so this is how I'm going to be able to define this, this, and this, and this is how I'm going to be able to, like, separate the two into different things, and the philosophy aspect was another thing that I was, I was surprised by how much it interested me, um, but my teacher at the time was like, I think that this is a direction you can go, and he provided me with some resources on where to, like, learn about basic level, uh, philosophy theories, and I was just really, um, I was just really excited to get to working with uh, combining literature, philosophy, um, into uh, a, something larger than either of them. 
Right. And see, for you, that's really good because would you say you're very interested in what you were doing? Yes, really. Right. So personally, I did a political subject and while it was a very like current and easy to find information on, it was not the most intriguing thing for me. So I definitely was like you like I would have a really good weekend where I would write this paper and feel like successful about it and then you know sit back for a month or a month and a half at a time and just kind of let it go from my brain because one the event that I was doing was more current than anything so waiting for more news to develop and two just because it was not something I was engaged in so I mean for the extended essay, Olivia, give us your one main tip. Um, extended essay, use your supervisors. Part of the process of the extended essay is that every student has a supervisor. And although the supervisor is either randomly chosen or assigned based on whether or not the student and the teacher know each other, um, they are still an adult figure who can, if nothing else, read over your paper and help you make edits on it, even if they can't directly help you with the subject matter then they will at least be able another level of proofreading just helps perfect so the next thing um the next core requirement is your theory of knowledge class so your tok class so this course introduces students to theories about the nature and limitations of knowledge and provides practice in determining the meaning and validity of knowledge, which is critical thinking. Um, it is a flagship element of the diploma program and is one course that all diploma candidates are required to take. So keep in mind that is the only course that everybody has to go through. Um, it requires 100 hours of instruction. You have to write an externally assessed essay of 1,600 words from um, one of six titles prescribed by the IB. So it is called your TOK essay. And you have to do a TOK presentation on a chosen topic. So Olivia and I are both in a TOK class. Olivia, what is your experience with TOK? TOK, in my experience, is not only a staple of the IB experience, it is everything that the IB wants to see in their students wrapped up into one class. Like, if you, and obviously this, this can vary whether or not, you know, what teachers you have, you know, what, what their exact curriculum is, but the, the point of TOK is to get students thinking at a cultured, like, you know, connected level. Um, in my experience that, you know, they hit the nail on the head. Like I have been enlightened in my TOK class in ways that no other class has done for me. Um, I mean, it's a variety of subjects. They often talk about areas of knowledge and ways of knowing, which affect virtually everything we do. And it gets you thinking about the ways that these areas affect the way that we act. Um, and so I was just really interested in learning about the process. I, we were fortunate enough to have a very, very good TOK teacher when we started the course in 11th grade, and he just set us right on the track, I think, for being engaged with the world and with our, and with our peers in a, in a challenging but stimulating, mentally stimulating environment. Right, and so, you know, you mentioned the teacher. Do you think that the teacher has a lot to do with your 
fondness for TOK. Uh, yeah, I must admit, I was I was a very, very big fan of our first TOK teacher because he was just a very understanding guy. He was he always challenged us to think about things from different perspectives. He would often play devil's advocate in our debates just to make us see the other side of issues that we normally wouldn't consider. He, you know, he had a very open classroom for us. And so obviously that's subjective. I understand. But I still think that taking away from the teacher, the curriculum of the TOK class is what students need to be focusing on because you can, you, you know, you can love the teacher, you can hate the teacher, but if you're not taking the work to its fullest extent, then uh, I think you're not taking the class to its fullest potential. Right, and you know what, I would actually argue that TOK is like my favorite class I've ever taken. When I try to explain TOK to people, they seem very, very confused, but it's just one of like the best courses ever, and honestly, it's like I think one of the major perks of being in the diploma program, just because you get the whole curriculum in one class. Totally agree. All right, the third core is your creativity, activity, and service, which is known as your CAS project. So CAS aims to provide students with opportunities for personal growth, self-reflection, intellectual, physical, and creative challenges, and awareness of themselves as responsible members of their communities. So this CAS project, let's let's debunk the cast project yeah really it is a big deal right go ahead well i was going to say that i i mean this was another thing that like i don't i did not have a lot of knowledge about the cast project at all before i i came into the ib and then all of a sudden i get to you know junior year senior year and everyone's freaking out about the cast project and so i was freaking out by extension when in reality it's truly not as it's not as daunting as many people believe it to be it is a big deal and you have to get it done or else you you do not get the ib diploma but it is doable and in a lot of cases it can be it can be fun like genuinely interesting like the point of the the point of the cast project is just to get the students engaging with the world around them in a direct way that they can then document and present to the IB as evidence basically of how they are using the IB skills that they're learning in a in a productive way right but I will say like you mentioned people get stressed about it and it is a very daunting thing because you know without completing this fulfillment you are ineligible for your IB diploma and you know some people that really matters some people they could care less. But the thing about the CAS project is, you know, when you go through, a, specifically if you are in an MYP school, so like a middle school like that, <clears throat> you do have to do community and service hours throughout your whole time of being, you know, on this IB track. And, you know, some kids really hate that aspect of it because sometimes it is very hard to get hours. Like, you run out of ideas of what you can do you know even though there's stuff all around you it can be you know nursing home volunteer anything where you don't get paid and it can really be anything so a lot of kids just shy away from it they hate it but I I guess the one tip would be pick something engaging pick something that you're gonna like to do and I mean you're not gonna feel like you're doing anything 
I would like to, I'd like to uh, provide an example of a cast project that I think really took off is that at our school, we have the TEDx event, which is basically, uh, it's junior TED Talks for high school students to participate in. And the organization of that event at our school was a cast project, and it has maintained itself for three years since, three or four, three or four years since that student has graduated. The initial student or students who had that idea, they're, they have graduated and the project is still being maintained. And any students who participate with the TEDx project now still get to count that as their cast project because it is a continuation of the IB, you know, characteristics and the IB traits that they like to see in students. Um, so really it is like find your niche, find something that you like and that you're good at, and then figure out from there how to make it into a cast project. Right. And don't be afraid to ask for help and collaborate because it is supposed to be a collaborative thing. Right. Right. So now we're going to move on to our subject groups. So students who pursue the IB diploma program must take six subjects, one from groups one through five and one from group six or a substitute from one of the other groups. So three or four must be in HL higher level and the rest at standard level or SL. So your group one would be studies in language and literature, either SL or HL. Yeah, so it'd be language A, which is your native language. Um, and you it's a two-year course. So for us, it is English. Um, and so we... I don't have a lot to say about language A. Honestly, language A, like English classes or whatever your language A may be, are typically very standard uh, literature classes. You know, you read novels and you and you you know you read literary literary works. Um, you do connect with them in, in an IB way. Obviously, they like they make you think about the implications of the work. They make you think about like you know the deeper meanings of the work. You you go in on literary analysis in these classes typically, but you know it's really it's not it's not much different than any sort of English class that you might find yeah I mean okay the one difference is that you do these things called works and translations WITs um where you'll read you know a book that has been translated from a different language and you analyze that you know and I think that's just the one main thing um it's a really good class for paper writing college prep like that yeah exactly um but other than that, yeah, it's a standard English class. Very fun, though. Very rigorous. Lots of, lots of literature that you would not expect. And lots of good discussion too. They, right. the 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 Socratic seminars that they have in these types of classes are very very helpful in getting you to engage with the work fully. Right. So group two is language acquisition, which is an additional language taken at either SL or HL, the same. So this would be um, Spanish, Latin, Chinese, German, French. Um, Other schools may offer different things, but those are kind of the core five. Personally, I have mixed feelings about language B. I am already bilingual, um, and I have taken... In my MYP years, I took a different language than I have taken in my full-blown IB curriculum years. And I have mixed feelings because I genuinely do appreciate learning another language. It is very fun. On the other hand, I struggle with that a lot of times in my language B classes. And I mean, I think that's something difficult a lot of kids are turned off by it you know live what have you yeah I mean I do feel the same is that the the uh language acquisition classes are typically 
you know, they're, they're, again, they're rigorous. They're IB level courses. There is, uh, uh, perhaps not a great workload in some cases that varies, of course, but, um, the actual process of, you know, learning a new language, especially if you are like myself and are not bilingual, it can be very difficult, but I, I, I would hate to hear that someone, someone, um, is dissuaded from doing the IB program because they are afraid of, of trying to attempt to take a language acquisition class. Because you, you hear horror stories. You hear horror stories about Spanish or French classes that you hear about no other subject. Like, like, like IB students will be like, I can handle everything except French. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's, it's disheartening to hear that, um, some people think that, that, just because they're worried that they might not be able to do it, that they just right. stops them from trying. A huge amount of exam anxiety comes from your language B classes because, um, you know, kids feel like it's such a major roadblock, you know? Like, oh my gosh, I can't say these words correctly in my language B. Like, I'm so stressed about being able to pass the exam. Oh, I can, you know, one of the problems I have, I can understand it like snap quick I cannot formulate sentences off the top of my head snap quick in my language B and it's it is an anxiety like inducing time for an exam however like Olivia said to hear that somebody would be turned off from the IB program because of a language B is totally missing the whole point of what IB is supposed to be. You're missing your language, you're missing the opportunity to grow as an international student and just a worldly learner. And I'd also like to add, like, and and we may go more in depth in this at a later time, but there are always resources out there for you to handle any subject that you find you're struggling with. If you're like, oh, I could do the IB, but I just can't do Spanish, then there are obviously many resources that you can approach to make at least that one thing a little bit easier for you. So again, do not let yourself say, I can't do the IB because I can't learn a different language. That is absolutely not true. Group three is your individuals and societies. So basically your humanities and social sciences courses at SL and HL levels. Now there's a lot. There's business management, economics, history, um, philosophy, psychology, global politics. You know, um, <laughs> okay. This, I feel like this is kind of like another language A type thing. It is a regular history class. Right. Um, the subject matter may, you know, it may vary, and again, the, the actual curriculums may vary, but typically, yeah, it's pretty much history. A lot of, something that they do encourage, though, especially in the history classes, because I can't say I've taken any of the other sort of uh, humanities-type classes besides history, um, they do encourage you to uh, think about it in a more historian fashion rather than just as a student. Like, they encourage you to, to, to talk about, like, not just what happened or when did it happen, but why did it happen and what events led to it and what events came from it. So it's still the IB values in that it encourages thinking about, you know, cause and effect and thinking about how all of these things relate to each other and have brought us to where we are today. But honestly, yeah, very, very standard sort of uh, history classes typically. And some of the other courses such as philosophy, psychology, are they do count as the humanities credits. So that does count... Um, in lieu of an actual history course if you're lucky enough to be able to organize your schedule in that way right. um but yeah you know very standard right group four is your experimental sciences so you have 
your chemistry, biology, and physics, and as well as your environmental systems and societies, um, but according to this page, it's only offered at an SL level. Um, okay, I'm very strong about this. Science is kind of my jive. I really, really, really am invested in the sciences. I love my science courses at school. Um, when I was fulfilling my science requirements before making my two-year choice, as you have to do in the IB diploma program, I um, took a biology class, loved it, did well. I took an earth and environmental class, wasn't my favorite thing, didn't mean that I didn't like it, it just was a little bit uh, not experimental enough for me. Um, I took a chemistry class, absolutely loved, 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 loved my chemistry class. Um, When it came time to choose my two-year science, I was fortunate enough to have the option to make a choice. You know, some kids have to go into one because they didn't have time to take it uh, their freshman or sophomore year. So I was fortunate enough to be able to pick which science I have to take and I mean, that is one of the best experiences, in my opinion, just because it is one of the many, probably limited times that you get a choice in the IB of what you'd like to do. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't regret taking biology at this point, but I do think that, um, you know, and it's really a matter of personal decision at that point, you know, do you like more like practical physicals, like sciences, or do you like more, you know, experimental, or do you like, you know, working with like equations, then whatever you find your strength in, um, I think is where, you know, there's no difference, no, none, I would say are any less rigorous than the others. Um, But there are, you know, there are there are people who do all like, you know, who do any of them. And I think that, yeah, I, again, pretty standard in terms of like actual content for the classes, but they they're still IB rigor, so remember that. Right. Um, group five is your mathematics. So you have mathematical studies SL, mathematics SL or HL, and your further math at HL level. Um, both Olivia and I take a mathematics SL two class. Um, <sighs> math (laughs) okay some people are not keen on math and some people are and you know that either one is fine whatever I will say math is probably the most rigorous course you could take oh I wouldn't say that you wouldn't no I'd say that the language acquisition probably is the most rigorous yeah Hmm. okay why well personally I mean okay I'm a little bit biased in the sense that I do enjoy math. I think it's fun. I like to see the way that the equations work out, especially when you learn a certain formula that you can then just apply to a very yes. a variety of problems. That's not to say I'm always good at it, though. <laughs> I I have in the past, in the very recent past, i.e. a couple weeks ago, have had failing grades in math. But the one thing is, again, there's just there's always resources. If you are at an IB school that offers these classes, they will offer resources that will help you to succeed in these classes. Um, so, and as always, it varies on what kind of teacher and what curriculum and what level of math you're taking. Um, fun fact, at our school, they got rid of the math HL level because uh, about 10 people total were taking it, like less than. Um, so that was obviously a class that our school they deemed that we could not host because it was a level that no one was able to take um but I you know I just think that 
the work is difficult, of course. It's high-level math. You're ov- you're often doing, you know, college-level math at this time. And at a quick pace. And at a very quick pace, right? Because there is a large curriculum that you have to get through. Um, I do, again, just another thing. I don't want anyone to say, I can't do the IB because I can't handle that math. There are always resources for you. Um, and truly... It's the camaraderie of it. When you're a bunch True. of students in a class and you all feel like you are struggling, it may be anxiety-inducing a little bit, but it's also the sense of, like, we're all in this together. Right, and, you know, uh, that's kind of the thing about the IB. Every single one of these courses is rigorous. It's hard. Some kids excel. Some kids, you know, fall a little bit, and it's okay because at the end of the day, I can go up to Olivia and go, hey, guess what? I just got my math grade back guess what it was a 30 guess what you got a 40 holla (laughs) like you know you learn to like laugh at these little times when you're stressed about it because you're stressed about the future of Mm -hmm. course you know that's only natural but you learn to like find solitude in one another and find each other to be a support system right and i do just want to say because i fear we may have put too much realness on this one um you can make the grades back if you make it oh, if yes. you make a bad grade it does not mean that your gpa is ruined forever and your class rank of is ruined forever not. like it's totally fine a lot of teachers let you retake tests there's often there's such a huge influx of work in the first place especially in math but while we're talking about it um there's such a huge influx of work that that bad grade will soon be re- like you know followed by like 20 good grades right. so there's really like and if there are parents listening don't worry we still have Mimi and I still have very good overall class ranks and class you know and grades in general Mm -hmm. which we can touch on later right so don't don't worry about just the fact if you're worried about parents listening if you are we know we know we know we know don't worry we know we're stressed too we're doing our best and like Olivia said one bad grade 130 in math is not going to discount you from the university you want to go to, the scholarships you want to apply to, being able to brag and say, I'm in the top whatever of my class. No, your GPA is going to stay because it's calculated on your finals. So one, like your final grades for the class, excuse me. So one bad test grade will not discount you from being a full IB diploma candidate contender. Right. Your final group, which I would imagine that we can talk a good bit on, is the arts, group six. Both SL and HL, you have your music, your theater, your visual arts, your film and lit. Um, So, Olivia and I could probably talk a lot about that. We're pretty artistically inclined, artistically focused people. Um, However, uh, I will say... Your art class can be your sixth subject. Um, we can touch more about what that means in terms of scheduling and coursing in a different episode. Um, so if nothing like that piques your interest, just keep in mind when you start getting into your two-year two IB program, um, you can take a science instead right. or a psychology class instead of an art class. Right. If you And yeah, if you get to that point and you need like an extra credit that you did not get earlier in your high school career, that would be the, the sixth subject is where you would make it up. Right. However, and again, varies based on schools. I... 
highly encourage everyone to take at least one art a year. Yes. If only for the fact that it is the one class where you maybe do not have to care as... Not not care. You maybe do not have to struggle as much with something more, you know, more, like, educationally focused, like mathematics or foreign language. Um, you can take a class where you can just, like, have a good time. And obviously, I'm not saying... Again, these are IB level courses. You will be taking IB level work, but just at the, you know, based on whatever subject you're in. So it may seem more appealing to you. Right. And another thing is like, not to say it's not academic or it's not rigorous because you are constantly doing projects and putting work in. You're still molding yourself to the IB values. Right. But these arts classes are just an opportunity to have a minute in the day, you know, a block in your schedule to recenter, to find something that you enjoy to do. I personally almost for gave up, foregoed, forwent, I don't know, <laughs> all art classes in my 2 years. I almost dropped it all and just went a complete like math and science base and I had a I was so blessed to have an amazing IB coordinator that looked at me and knew me and said no you're gonna be so miserable don't do that because not to say that if you do not take an arts class you're gonna be miserable you probably won't be yeah it depends on what kind of person but you are. me as a person I need my little outlets where I can be goofy and I can talk a lot and I can express myself in a different way and still really challenge myself to step out of my comfort zone and be somebody different but through an art class right and I will just say personally Mimi and I both take theater and choir as our arts um and we I mean, I won't speak for Mimi. I love it. Personally, I love the fact that once a day, I do get to just, like, take a break from all of the rigor that I'm facing in classes where I feel like I'm struggling or that I'm not, you know, as as immediately good at and go to classes where I do think that I thrive and where I just can take a minute to enjoy myself and relax and, like, you know, get with my peers when we're not in an environment where we're all stressed to death. Mm-hmm. You engage a different part of your brain. Right. Which is very important. Right, exactly. So, that will conclude this episode. Yeah. Um, I know it's a lot. It was a lot of info to kind of listen to and uh, do it all. But, you know, hopefully that gave you an idea of what your scheduling might look like if you are in an IB diploma program course. Um, Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye!